0: Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga, with player picks as sharp as Zack Steffen's reflexes, fantasy advice as sumptuous as a Maxi Arnold volley, and pundits who could both do with one of Martin Hinterregger's Colin Hydra tablets on this fine Thursday morning. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Thurgood. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy, Season 3, Episode 2, and joining me as ever it's the fantasy Fußball Gott, Flo. Flo, what a wild and wonderful wonderful. wonderful weekend of Bundesliga action we had to reintroduce us to the German football top tier I'm struggling right off the bat with my fantasy team having made some rather risque decisions on match day one but
1: how did match day one go for you? Well let's just say uh, it could have been a lot worse because a few minutes before kickoff uh, (laughs) I actually forgot to like confirm my team. Uh, I was on <laughs> holiday, and we were on the theme park on on Friday, and that was open until half past eight. Oh, dangerous! <laughs> yeah, we we went a bit uh, earlier and went and like I sat in the car, looked at the watch, and I said, "Crap, I, I haven't made my fantasy team yet." My wife was very understanding, so uh, first thing I could do. Uh, was uh, making my team. And I basically took the draft I made somewhere in midweek and confirmed it. I hadn't had the time to check any news or stuff. Like, I did pick up 133 points, but yeah, I didn't have the big points hauls of Halstenberg. I missed that uh, he would be back in the squad. Uh, that would have been a big one. Or even Marcel Sabitzer, whom I had on my radar. But in the end... I mean, it's a first match day. I I remember the season when I... Won the Bundesliga fantasy. I was also on holiday for the first match day and <laughs> forgot forgot to check the lineups before the first match and had Ian Robin in my squad who wasn't even playing that evening. So I mean, it's it's a good omen uh, for me in that sense. But, <laughs> Is this yeah. why you planned a family holiday before match day one? It's it's bad it's bad form by me. It was yeah. your
0: training camp. I just, I, <laughs> no, I love it. Is it your, your preseason fantasy trade? camp
1: is a is a holiday away with the family where you switch off from the world it's a good yeah, it's a good idea but, but I, I wasn't able to do any fantasy stuff on on the holiday it would not have gone down well with my wife and kids if i've just like said nah don't interrupt me as and this one is important so yeah. <laughs> I've got a
0: tinker. I've got a tinker. No, I mean, I had a, I had a last minute wobble on uh, ahead of match day one. And so I almost, I, I kind of, I wish I'd had your situation where I was going with a midweek draft as opposed to the wobble because the wobble ended up with me bringing in Lewandowski. I didn't regret that decision on Friday. I think at the end of the match day, I think I certainly did in the end because the iteration I had before admittedly did have Zach Stefan and Marcel Sarvatsa in it. And uh, since, because of my decision my midfield has been absolutely ruined. I basically needed to make three transfers there. Oh, and then on top of that, Rashica got injured. So that means I've got four transfers I need to make. Three to make this weekend. So we will see what happens. But it could have gone better. And I hope you guys out there had a little more luck. I know a lot of you did. And so we should say the big shout out of the week from match day one goes to spamstis who racked up a whopping 189 points. So well done for that. And that was without starring Martin Hinterregger and Mars so it could have been even better but what a way to start the season so congrats yeah, on that James, yeah. can I
1: make a a, a quick point uh, also Because on the Lewandowski thing because I saw some people making victory laps on Twitter because uh, he was because uh, did uh, put up the same amount of points if you buy Lewandowski They probably at most weeks will guys who outscore Lewandowski the problem is you won't know uh, who exactly that will be if you have Lewandowski it's because he brings you consistency from week to week like it's not fair to judge after the first match day and say yeah could have gone without Lewandowski and because other strikers did put up as many points or more than him I think uh, if you play the long game Still think Lewandowski is pretty likely to be the best scoring striker in the game
0: you know what we've got a big discussion about strikers coming up on this show so you've made some good opening points there we will definitely discuss it later on in part two with the fixture list but there's plenty definitely plenty to talk about when it comes to the Lewandowski debate I think match day one gave us uh, a lot more talking points to discuss but we will move swiftly on and we just quickly do want to apologize for the lack of listener questions both this week and last but there is genuinely so much to cover and so little time to do it the good news is we will be carving out more time next week to bring them back so send your questions to myself at jm thoroughgood on twitter flow and i'll warn now this is going to sound dirty but it's not it's at uh usgfuxed I can spell that out, but it's just the German word for outfoxed. I promise it's nothing filthy. Why, why should it be filthy, James? <laughs> no no reason. I'm sure there's no Denglish in there that could potentially be misconstrued, right? Um, <laughs> it's fine. Um, or at TalkingFussball, that's the other account. Um, for now, we'll take a quick break and be right back with the breakdown of the fixture list. Welcome back to part two of Talking Fußball Fantasy. On to the match day two fixture, starting with the Friday night game. Uh, a big one to get the weekend going, especially after what happened on match day one. Because if people hadn't heavily invested in Dortmund flow, I think they probably will want to after seeing what they did against Augsburg. And there are some big names that have stood out. In terms of team news for Köln, Cordoba will be back from suspension. Schaub is a doubt. For Dortmund, Guerrero will be back in the match day squad. Now, Paco Alcacer, you mentioned the Lewandowski debate. Paco Alcacer is, of course, one of the players that needs to be brought up when you talk about that. He is scoring at a clip of a goal every 67 minutes in the Bundesliga. Now, you talked about players that will outpoint Lewandowski on a week-to-week basis. Are you looking at Paco Alcacer as maybe someone that you could see it happening on? on a more consistent level than some of the other strikers in the game.
1: Yeah, actually I do. And he was in my my draft. I wanted him very badly before the first match day. Just couldn't get the extra 3 million and would have taken me from going from Waldschmidt, uh, who was my third striker on the first match day to Alcasa. But I wanted him in my squad and I think what we saw confirms that. And most importantly, I think what Michael Sark had to say after the game that now he's physically able to play 90 minutes because that's definitely the biggest concern with Paco Alcasa: is playing time. You need him to go 75 minutes at least. Like if he's always coming off after 60 minutes, I don't think he can consistently outscore Lewandowski if he gets the minutes. But Dortmund looks like an attacking powerhouse. But we should keep in mind that they played Augsburg on the first match day and they lost to a fourth-tier side in the cup one week earlier. So I think Augsburg has a lot to go. To actually be a decent Bundesliga side this season. So let's see how they do on Friday uh, in Cologne. I think that's going to be much tougher than the task they had to solve on match day one. No, I do agree with you
0: on that. And it was a case of anyone that showed me a fantasy lineup draft before match day one that had Alcacer in it. The first point I would make is, well, can you really guarantee that he's going to get consistent minutes and consistent starts? So if Tork has come out and said that, which he, did, which he has, uh, then that is exactly the type of thing that we want to hear because his goal scoring form even last season when he was coming off the bench, was undoubted. And so if he's going to be a regular starter, then that's very, very exciting. What was your assessment of Dortmund's other attacking
1: assets against Augsburg? Well, Royce and Sancho did what they do. So they're both uh, great assets and... In, at the end, uh, I went for both in my squad because I couldn't decide which one to go. And I, I found a way to get Sancho Royce and Harvards in my squad. H- hold, <sighs> hold the phone, folks Pho. You you doubled up on Dortmund in
0: midfield. Yeah. This is outrageous behavior
1: from you. <laughs> I just like both players so much and the schedule of Dortmund to start the season um, that I think it's sometimes it's worth spending your own rules, and that's what I did there. I, I love it, I love it. And I think there's I think there's enough value in the game uh, to actually do that, to make that happen. But apart from that, I, w- I was very uh, disappointed, actually, by the showing of Nico Schulz. He was someone uh, I had... I, the fantasy showing, I, I should clarify that. I haven't seen much of the games, because, like we already said... <laughs> uh, I already explained it was on holiday, so I just saw the Bremen game and didn't have much taste for other games, actually, uh, to watch after that. So I was disappointed in Schulz, who did just pick up seven points, didn't have the attacking returns. And the guy who surprised me the most was Axel Witzel, who actually outscored Sancho and Royce with 21 points. So that's definitely something... Cause he, he, had, uh, he did pick up six points for shots on goal. He gave two assists and had more than four passes to a shot on the first match day. So he was very involved in the attacking game. I think maybe that's something we can expect from him on a regular basis if he pairs up with Julian Weigel, because he plays a lot deeper than uh, someone like a Thomas Delaney. And that probably gives Witzel more room. With 11.4 million, he's also a lot cheaper than Sancho and Royce. He's definitely someone who played himself onto my fantasy radar, but because I've already got two Dortmund midfielders, I wouldn't go there. But <laughs> I was going to yeah. say. <laughs> no. But I definitely will check his stats after the Cologne game and see if like, his attacking prowess continues, even at Cologne.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's definitely an alternative route into the Dortmund midfield that could be viable, but I do, I think that you hit the nail on the head when you said it all hinges on whether he plays with Weigel. Um, if if someone else gets brought into midfield, I don't think we can quite expect the attacking returns we saw from him on match day one. Um, in terms of Köln, you said they're going to be a tougher nut to crack than Augsburg, but is there anyone piquing your interest in a fantasy sense? I mean, we had seven Bundesliga debutants against Wolfsburg, so a loss wasn't so surprising. But like, I mean, is there anyone that you would maybe think to suggest they could be a good Friday night option?
1: Yeah, like funnily enough, if I would pick one defender in this game, it would be Kingsley Hizubui uh, of Cologne, the right back. He did pick up nine points in the loss at Wolfsburg, and any player who's able to do that, especially a defender to pick up uh, such a points tally in a loss, I'm I'm interested in. I think he was probably the reason that Roussillon had such a bad performance in a fantasy sense and William was pretty good because he was a tougher nut to, to crack on uh, the Wolfsburg left wing uh, so they went pretty heavy on the uh, over the right side, over William who did pick up 12 points on the back of uh, giving more than four passes to a shot And Roussillon basically blanked with five points. So I think Ehizi Boué, he will line up probably against Hazard a lot. And I see him, he won 17 challenges at Wolfsburg. And I I think he can do that again against Dortmund. And it's hard for him probably to get into double digits against Dortmund. But I see him picking up seven to nine points quite regularly uh, for a decent price for 7.1 million so he's definitely a defender uh, who's on my radar as a long-term good value option. No I think that's a fair assessment I mean ultimately
0: yeah at home to Dortmund whether they are going to be a tougher nut to crack it's never advisable to dip into the team into that market before a weekend but the good thing is you will of course know the lineup so it will at least afford you some Security that you don't get on other fixtures. Okay, let's move on to those other fixtures, though. Saturday afternoon games, lots to get through. Dusseldorf against Leverkusen. Let's start there. For Dusseldorf, in terms of team news, Simmer and Kovniatsky are both back in contention for a return. For Leverkusen, there are no fresh injury concerns for Bosch. Now, Dusseldorf looked really good, it has to be said, last weekend, and I'm sorry to say that because they were up against your Bremen flow, but they looked very, very good. And
1: I, I disagree. You, whoa, really? Yeah. I think that was like that was a freak game. Bremen should have won that easily. Like three of the first four shots on goal uh, landed in the Bremen goal and Bremen had the chances to score like five goals in that match. I mean, it's not like they were very sound on the defensive side. Oh, okay. Well, so I'm I,
0: gonna I'm gonna slightly disagree. I just thought they kept you at arm's length very effectively, and that prevented you from creating any real we we had clear <laughs> cut chances.
1: Really, like as oh. in
0: you no, there were clear cut chances. The full crew header, the the class, you know, the Osako shot that led to the Klassen chance as well. That there were clear cut chances in there. I just thought Dusseldorf
1: looked very well organized. Yeah, like I said, I think Brim should have won that match even with three three goals against them and I think like this is a freak game that that happens from time to time Brim had 18 shots inside the box against Dusseldorf and one goal that's just not enough but I can't see Leverkusen failing on scoring if they get as many opportunities as Bremer did okay now that I would 100%
0: agree with I just, I'm, I'm thinking that Dusseldorf are actually, I mean, like I backed them to be a team that was, would struggle. So they were one of my biggest surprises on match day one. And I'm not, yeah, they didn't play you guys off the park. I'm not saying that, but I just thought they were very impressive. And then the fact that Leverkusen looked fallible against Paderborn, if Dusseldorf can keep well organized and then still be as efficient in front of goal with the, you know, the chances they do create... And I mean, you had you had a couple of players that stood out in a fantasy sense. Karaman, Eric, Tommy—you know—both caught the eye. And so I'm just wondering whether they, they're a team that maybe we didn't really factor in, but should factor in. <laughs> Until
1: further notice, I'm factoring in all teams that play against Leverkusen. See, okay. as long as, <laughs> yeah. Yes. it's like Peter Bosch is the ultimate uh, fantasy goldmine. The way he. Uh, approaches a football match and I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly that the counter-attacking play that Dusseldorf likes to do and did successfully do at Bremen can work very well against uh, Leverkusen and I don't see Leverkusen keeping any clean sheets uh, anytime soon. And that I wholeheartedly agree with. Yeah, for,
0: for our Bundesliga fantasy game, Peter Bosch is wonderful. <laughs> if, if this wasn't such a, a game that was predicated on attacking returns, maybe not the case. But, I mean, who would you pick if you were
1: going for a player out of this game, though? Uh, it would be Kinnan Karaman, actually. Six million, had a good game at Bremen with 14 points. Although he was substituted before the 17th minute, uh, which I don't like, but doesn't has to be all the time. And he's a midfielder in the game and plays as a striker in the Bundesliga. And that's always a great combination for six million, a great midfield pick for our value.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, I think we talked about how tough Dusseldorf's fixtures are at the start of this season. I think, including the Bremen game, their first five are all against teams that will be vying for European qualification this season. But yeah, I mean, they may not be as bad a market to dip into because they do have some wonderful budget options and Karaman is one of them. Let's move on then to Mainz against Gladbach. In terms of team news for Mainz and Just is not expected to recover from his matchday one knock. For Gladbach, Kramer has returned from an ankle injury while Strobel, knee is keeping him out. Now, the big question is whether Gladbach can maybe find their goal-scoring touch after that goalless draw against Schalke. But let's talk about their frontline flow. Three striking options for Gladbach. Embelo, Taram, Player. What's your feeling so far with those three?
1: Mm. A player is the best option in my opinion. Because now he's allowed to play as a central forward again i mean he he was fantasy relevant last season as he did play uh, as a central forward and not as a winger, uh, what he did for um, big stretches of the uh, second part of the season. Did pick up 10 points in the opening game, outscored Mbolo and Turam, although Turam did also pick up nine points and he was substituted earlier. But that's probably something we see a lot of in the Gladbach game, as long as Turam hasn't fully acclimated. So, Player would be uh, the, the choice for me. But I'm not excited to bring him in. They struggled at Mainz, I think, in recent years a lot. And that's why I I don't, I wouldn't buy a Gladbach striker for this week.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think I would agree with you. I think they're just a bit too much of an unknown quantity. And seeing Embolo in the 10 wasn't the, the best thing, especially when you were looking at him as a potential fantasy option. Who would you pick from this game then, Mainz against Gladbach?
1: Yeah, I've got two players on my list, one from each team. I mean, Las- Laszlo Benes sticks out just because of his price tag, 3.1 million. He will play for Gladbach in midfield uh, as a number 8. He has actually the potential to ha- uh, be a decent uh, fantasy midfielder, I think, although on first on the first match day, he only uh, did pick up 6 points, but that's better than nothing and uh, actually outscored uh, a lot of his uh, colleagues, uh, Gladbach colleagues. For instance, Mbolo just pick up, uh, did pick up three points. So uh, Ben is a good budget option. But I don't think we can go to the next team without mentioning Aaron Martin, who's just such a reliable fantasy asset. I mean, they, they lost 3-0 at Freiburg. Aaron Martin picks up nine points. That's amazing. So I think actually Aaron Martin could be one of the guys who you can put in. 11.1 million, so it's a bit cheaper than a lot of these other guys. So if you can't get quite up uh, to uh, the really high-priced defenders, I think Aaron Martin, like he would be a long-term guy to bring in, not just uh, for the Gladbach game, because I think there are better options, but he's definitely a player I would be thrilled to have in my team, and basically never get rid of him.
0: And I mean, uh, just to, I mean, follow up on that. That's I mean, I'm looking at the players that are in and around his price range. You've got your Williams, you've got your Roussillons Even if you want to stretch it to Nico Schultz, you can as well. And and you would have him over players like
1: that. I mean, Danny DaCosta. Uh, I, I would uh, have. You know, there are there are other names that stand out. Too. I have him over DaCosta and actually over Schultz until we've seen that Schultz is really an integral part of of Dortmund. I mean they they won 5-1 and Schultz did pick up seven points, I think. And Mainz lost and Martin did pick up nine points. I wouldn't pick him over Rossignol, but he's already in my squad. That's basically (laughs) what I'm thinking. Rossignol had one bad game. I think it had a lot to do with his EBU, like I said earlier. And I still expect Rossignol to be a great fantasy option. Yeah, no need to panic right now.
0: Yeah. No, okay, I just thought it was interesting. I I I, li- I like the Martin pick we saw from him last season as you say that he can be a valuable fantasy asset just with Mainz's you know, con- the concerns about Mainz and, and their form. Uh, and i don't know if they're going to be as defensively sound i yeah. thought that was interesting that you'd pick him over others but i do i see the i see the sound reasoning behind it i mean
1: like you can't do a lot worse than losing 3-0 and he di- he still managed to pick up 9 points yeah, yeah that that's does say a lot just that's just my point until they don't play like at dortmund or at munich or stuff you you basically can be pretty sure that you get at least some return of Aaron martin and he can score a free kicks so or okay, give assists with uh, set pieces, so yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the next game then. Paderborn against Freiburg. For Paderborn, there's really no need for Baumgart to change anything, despite the loss to Leverkusen. And let's be honest, the same goes for Freiburg, who were 3 0 winners on match day one. The big talking point ahead of this game, and we need to talk about them, is uh, Schlotterbeck and Schmidt. What do
1: we make of those two as defensive options? Yeah. I mean, I, I made no secret of my love to Jonathan Schmidt, and that was. The Definitely one of the few things I got 100% right before the first match day. If I only had made him my star player, I went for Roussillon instead, and uh, that did hurt me. But Schmid. Yeah, I went for Wendell. (laughs) Well, I I wasn't sure if Wendell actually will play as a winger. And uh, like Leverkusen do play him kind of uh, uh, as a center back now uh, in the three man back line. And that's just the reason why Wendell isn't that high on my radar. But Schmid is, and Schlotterbeck, I mean, he's uh, one of the biggest surprises uh, because Dominic Heinz was uh, on the bench for 90 minutes and Schlotterbeck did play. He did play very well, won 14 of his 18 challenges. That's great. And actually, he gave two shots on goal, so he's... uh, danger uh, at scoring at set pieces uh, and his price tag is just so great uh, i actually forgot to write it down i think it's around three million but i i I check it before i'm wrong there but i think both are very good options i've got schmid in my squad but because of the price tag from schlotterbeck which is 3.3 million i wouldn't mind having schmid and schlotterbeck In my squad, because you need value players to to make your squad strong, and Schlotterbeck definitely is one of them. And it seems like he's a challenge winner type of the Freiburg defenders, which is still valuable in the game, although challenges uh, since uh, two seasons before has been a bit devalued, but still for defenders, and that's something I look out for.
0: No, absolutely. You were talking about value options there. Should we talk about Paderborn as well? Because you, uh, in our last show, were saying that you, you think maybe Paderborn aren't a team to necessarily steer clear of. What's your assessment after match day one with you know how they did against Leverkusen and how they could shape up against
1: Freiburg this weekend? Mm, I think at Leverkusen they did do better... In a real football sense than in a Bundesliga sense. Because Sven-Michel was the best Paderborn scorer with 11 points. Like the one to have on your radar would be Antvi Ajay. Because he did pick up nine points. Second best scorer there f- for Paderborn. But he's the only one who is a bit pricey for my taste. At Paderborn was 8.2 million. So I wouldn't go that route. And I actually wouldn't. Although Sven Michel, 6.2 million, they're playing at home against Freiburg. I think Paderborn is also a nice team in a fantasy sense because they try to attack even in the Bundesliga. And that's something that open avenues in both sides of the ball. So I wouldn't mind, I actually wouldn't mind uh, Sven Michel if you for some reason don't have the money to spend up.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think in terms of budget strikers, he was probably the best one out there this
1: weekend. Yeah, or Johannes Eggestein. Yeah, true. But we we come to that later, but uh, he's also one uh, you could go. Uh, the guy I think uh, can improve a lot from the performance at Leverkusen is actually Kai Pröger, uh, 5.9 million. Midfielder. He's playing as an attacking winger, and we've seen him being involved in shots and goals in the se- a second Bundesliga. So I think maybe he can do that again against Freiburg in the Bundesliga. So he's a sneaky choice for. F- 5.9
0: no nice no, some good suggestions there who's your, who's your ultimate player pick though from this game if you'd have picked one player
1: it would be, who'd it be? Jonathan Schmid um, but I talked uh, about him so much last week that I'm going Nico de Schlotter back yeah
0: fair, fair enough fair enough let's move on then Augsburg against Union Berlin for Augsburg Jedwey and Lichsteiner have been brought in and will slot into the backline straight away there is also talk about Michael Gregorich being dropped with transfer
1: rumors circling do you want him at Bremen Flow. I wouldn't mind him, but not for the price tag. Okay. I would love to have a physical number six holding midfielder. A colleague gave me the idea that maybe Thomas Delaney, now that he's out of the frame, <laughs> but that's just like uh, a dream scenario. I don't think it's likely that'll be happened, but if you think about it, it actually w- maybe would make sense, but I don't think that Dortmund, they've got three competitions to compete in. They They'll need Delaney down the stretch and Bremen can't afford him. So no, that's okay, that's that's fair enough. Okay, we're getting sidetracked anyway. But a player <laughs> yeah, but a but a player like Thomas Delaney who replaces Nuri Shahin, uh at Bremen would make this squad a lot better in my opinion. Bigger priority over Michael
0: Gregorich as talented as he is okay you know that's fair enough but he may be dropped uh, from the Augsburg lineup with all of this swirling around. Uh, For Union they could change things up from match day two based on how it went against Leipzig but uh, your guess is as good as ours really is about to how they could line up. There could also be plenty of goals in this game because it's ultimately a clash between the league's two worst back lines on match day one. Are there any fantasy assets of
1: value that you look at from this game flow. Definitely. Uh, I mean on the Augsburg side if you expect Augsburg to have a bounce back because basically they're going from playing the best team in the Bundesliga right now to arguably the worst team in the Bundesliga right now. If Augsburg isn't the worst team themselves at the moment. So uh, I think there's there might be value on both sides of the ball depending how this, this game will shape out. I personally expect that Augsburg will have the edge on this one but I could be wrong and if they have a player like Mats Peterson for 4.9 million is really interesting and also uh, Ruben Vargas who's a midfielder 7.8 million at the moment he likes to cut inside and get shots at goal that's something that's intriguing couldn't show his potential at Dortmund just pick up did pick up one point but I'm I'm interested in him uh, for that game against Union.
0: And anyone from the Union side? I mean, they were poor against Leipzig, but there were a couple of
1: performances that caught the eye. Yeah, there were one, actually. Robert Andrich uh, did pick up 12 points (laughs) because he had, uh, I think, six shots at goal against Leipzig. Problem is... Andrich is not sure. He is one of the candidates, maybe, to get dropped after the performance on the first match day. Because, unfortunately, uh, the coaches in the Bundesliga doesn't look at fantasy scoring. Andrich would be, for 4.3 million, a great, great choice. Yes, he would. And it's a shame
0: that he's a doubt, or one of those in contention to be rotated out, but... Maybe it's because he's too selfish. Maybe that, we love that for a Bundesliga fantasy, but it's not exactly the best uh, asset to have out there on the pitch. Okay, so Pedersen and Andrich, uh, two good picks from that game. Let's move on. Hoffenheim against Bremen. Uh, left this for last for reasons uh, that are obviously quite clear with flow on the show. But for Hoffenheim, Hubner is fighting to be fit in time, uh, but it's still unclear whether he will be available for this game. For Bremen, as I've mentioned already in the show, Rashitsa is out, but Irma Toprak did pick up a knock against Dusseldorf is okay now. Both teams need to bounce back in this one. Flow is it a game
1: worth investing in? I think so. Yes, because in the in the past uh, the clashes between Hoffenheim and Bremen have always, or most of the time, has been slugfests uh, on the attacking side. So that's something I see in the cards for this game as well. And I think it's wide open. Who actually got the edge? If Rashica was fit. I think Bremen actually would would be the favorites to to win this one because Hoffenheim also have to find themselves with a lot of changes and uh like I said I I did I don't think Bremen played that bad against Dusseldorf they was just missing the punch and they weren't good on the defensive side of the ball but actually there was also a bit of bad luck involved if you look at the first goal the ball was basically cleared, took a deflection that favored, just favored the Dusseldorf player instead of Friedel, who could have gone for the ball as well. So, all these 50 50 balls, they, they happened to land on the Dusseldorf side. Uh, second goal as well. Stupid clearance by uh, Maximilian Eggestein, who gifted the ball away. And um, that are easy mistakes, who hopefully can be easily. Corrected, so I'm I'm not as down on Bremen as many probably after the loss against Dusseldorf
0: no no that's it I mean yeah I, I gave my compliments to Dusseldorf but I wouldn't say that you need to shy away from Bremen I mean in your eyes it's it a kicker a backing full Krug to come into the starting lineup in place of Rashid so is that is that how you feel it's going to go as well and does full crew kind of become an interesting option because he did look very lively off the bench against Dusseldorf yeah
1: I think I'm I'm almost 100% that full will play because uh, even Kofeld hinted in that direction although he's something is a bit like last week he was saying that Johannes Egerstein isn't an option for the attacking spots anymore and he sees him as a midfielder and then he starts as an attacker in the first game of the season so sometimes you have to take uh, the quotes with a pinch of salt uh, but I'm pretty sure that Föker will come in I'm very interested in, in him in the long term, he won't play longer than 65 to 70 minutes though at the moment because he's still recovering from all his knee injuries. And that's why he isn't on my radar this week. No, I think that's a, a very
0: fair assessment of Mr. Nick Niklas. I need to get your player pick from this game. If you were to pick one player from
1: either team, who would it be? Uh, I'm going Johannes Egestein then. 7.2 million, I think probably one of the best budget options up front. If you have two more, you can also go with Yuya Ozaku. He's an integral part of the Bremen play. Did pick up 11 points in the first match without being involved in a goal. That's a good sign. But he's a striker and not a midfielder in the game. Um, If he were a midfielder, he would be locked in basically in my squad. Mm, yeah interesting point
0: okay let's move on to the Saturday evening game the top spiel it's Schalke against Bayern for Schalke Skripski is out Sane is a doubt for Bayern Boateng and Goretzka have not been in training at least that is at the time of recording so Wednesday they weren't in training Coutinho though is expected to start now let's just talk about Schalke before we get into Bayern they picked up that 0-0 draw against Gladbach was there anyone that caught the eye because John Joe Kenny at under 10 million flow seems like quite an interesting option,
1: potentially. Yeah, he is, but I won't buy him going into the Munich game. So, But he definitely is interesting. And I had him on my radar even before match day one as a guy maybe to look at from match day three and out. Because Schalke had this brutal schedule with going into Gladbach first and then at home against Munich. That's why I don't really have invested in any... Schalke players no
0: absolutely we would not recommend that but you're right looking ahead they will of course have fixtures going forward so it's worth keeping an eye on who sticks out let's talk about Bayern though how are you feeling about Mr. Felipe Coutinho are you taking a wait and see approach or could you maybe see him being worth
1: the risk I think in the long term he might be a fine option but I won't go I definitely won't go there for the game at Schalke because I think the matchup isn't too too good and Bayern I think will have a lot more trouble this season than last season and that's why I won't spend 16 million on an unknown commodity even if like I'm not investing probably in any Bayern player this week and if I do the only one would be Serge Napri by a mile.
0: Yeah so I mean so they've become a very unattractive option in the fantasy world for you after that match day one draw against Hertha,
1: have they? Yeah, because all their players are so pricey. And I just think they're not as dominant as in the past, at least not uh, now, uh, at least not uh, at the moment. and So that's why I won't pay up for Bayern players whom I'm not sure will do better than other players who don't cost as much.
0: Okay, no, that, I mean, that's fair. Talking about one of those players, because uh, let's be honest, I think so a Kymic is likely to be the most picked defender going into match day 1. What's your feeling on his performances or his performance I should say, you know, only picking up 7 points. Does that concern you at all? Would you recommend people looking elsewhere and maybe shifting him if they've got a free transfer this weekend that they're wondering what to do with?
1: Where are you at with Kimmich? I'm definitely thinking of of moving him. I still think he's one of the best fantasy defenders probably out there. But if Bayern struggles, which leads to less shots on goals, and that's where Kimi thrives, he needs to be involved in shots. And if that isn't the case, I think he's too expensive. But I'm torn with, with Joshua Kimi. He had games where he didn't perform last season, and uh, next week he would score uh, around 30 points. So that's the risk you take if you take out Joshua Kimi. But I might do that anyway.
0: Yeah, I I did that last season and then he went on to get, I think there was a 30 plus point game that absolutely crippled me when it came to trying to catch up with people in mini leagues and whatnot. But now it's an interesting one. I, I think ultimately I've got bigger priorities this weekend but if I were to make a team from scratch right now I don't think Kimmich would be in it and that's just an interesting turn of events and uh, maybe that's that's too reactive to what happened on match day one that could be the case as well and he'll prove us all wrong going forward but it's worth keeping an eye on okay let's move to the Sunday fixtures then Leipzig against Frankfurt being the first Leipzig and Cuckoo and Forsberg are both pushing for starts but the question really with them is why would they change anything for Frankfurt Hütter's Decisions will ultimately hinge on the Strasbourg game tonight. Now, with Leipzig flow, is it a case of bye bye
1: bye? At least uh, Halzenberg and Savitzer, it looks like it. I mean, Halzenberg has uh, a lot more leeway in the Nagelsmann system, and I mean, he used that superbly 31 points, best scorer of the first match day. And Halzenberg, with him, it was just the question if he would be able to play because he uh, was injured going into match day one. He would definitely be on our radar if we would have recorded the show after the news that Hudsonberg is back in the squad. But yeah, uh, he's definitely, both, both these guys are on my shopping list. But apart from that, I think Klosterman was actually a disappointment with his 10 points he did pick up. Uh, if you see what happened on the other side of the pitch and Halzenberg got 29 points, didn't pick up points for shots on goal or passes to a shot. So I, th- I think I would invest in Halzenberg and Sabitzer, but that's about it on the uh, Leipzig side because everyone is priced up because uh, cause of the big names. I'm not going to spend that much for the likes of, of Werner or Paulsen, I think, they're not like I would rather have a guy like Paco Alcasa or um, Kevin Folland instead of Timo Werner, who's also uh, more expensive than these two guys. So yeah no absolutely I, I,
0: it is an interesting one I think yeah if everyone had the budget I think they would automatically dip into Leipzig right now and that's despite despite a bit of a tough start to the season in terms of their fixtures because they did look so good I'm just wondering whether that's a snap reaction to an opening performance against arguably the, the weakest side in the Bundesliga based on what we saw on match day one it will be interesting to see how it develops but uh, the signs were definitely very good and Sabitzer was an absolute dream to watch it has to be said let's talk about Frankfurt though as well because they lost Allaire, they lost Jovic we were wondering who the beneficiary of that was going to be Flo was it going to be Paciencia was it going to be Rabic was it going to be Yovelich? the biggest beneficiary seemed to actually be Filip Kostic is that a fair assessment based on what we saw against Hoffenheim
1: I think the the beneficiary is uh, Gacinovic and Kamada I mean Kostic had an amazing he's he was an amazing player last season as well so I think it was a top game of Kostic, he wasn't on my radar at all because of his price tag and uh, I wanted to go high and low in midfield because of Harvards Royce and Sancho whom I rate all three higher than, than Kostic, especially long term on a consistency level. And the guy I actually had in my squad for long stretches of the preseason is Daichi Kamada, midfielder 6.2 million. He did pick up 10 points, so very good option. At the end, uh, I went for Dennis Geiger because of the better schedule for Hoffenheim to start the season. But then the Samaseku transfer happened, and now I'm not even sure if Geiger will stay in the squad. So, yeah. I'm Like, you're hinting at Kostic having more room on the attack for Frankfurt
0: yeah more room and you know he kind of also seemed to have the the license to be a little more selfish at times as well he was already a selfish player and that may have just been his performance against Hoffenheim but yeah he seemed to as I say yeah I mean you're right Kamada and Gacinovic are beneficiaries as well just in terms of the fantasy performance
1: I thought Kostic
0: was definitely the
1: big winner yeah, although I mean he he was a, a, a great option last season as well. I think I still think he's a, a very good option. Like I, j- I just think if I'm paying up that much like he's not too far away from the top guys and it's just hard for me to bring him in. Uh, although I acknowledge that he's a, he's a good choice, but now they're playing at Leipzig. Uh, they were the best defense last year. And they play an important game on Thursday. I think that will be a tough, a really tough match uh, at Leipzig. I would be surprised if Frankfurt can get anything out of it. Yeah, no, I actually wholeheartedly agree with you.
0: Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, and uh, Kostic, I'm I'm looking at, because, uh, you know, lots of people brought in Pat thinking he would start up front, that there was the change. And so there, there may be a bit of a revert going on with everyone's opinions about Frankfurt, in a fantasy sense especially. But ultimately, yeah, they're not a the team to invest in for this weekend, no doubt about it. Let's move on to the final game. It's Hertha against Wolfsburg on Sunday evening. Now, for Hertha, Leckie could drop for a more attacking formation. Mittelstedt would move to left back. For Wolfsburg, Gerhardt and Breckler were probably the most likely candidates if Glasner decides to change things up with his starting lineup. Now, these sides were both teams that, you know, kind of were winners in a sense for Hertha. But Wolfsburg, they did come away with three points. But how do you feel about investing in these two sides
1: as the final game flow? I think there are some good options on the Berlin side, but I'm not I'm not thrilled about that last game of the match day so I'm, I'm not sure how much involvement I'll have in that match I think this has the potential to be the opposite of the just sort of Leverkusen or Hoffenheim Bremen game I think this could be rather boring or it has been in the past so and that's always bad in a fantasy sense because we need shots to get fantasy points and I'm not sure if there will be many in this game
0: no I, you know what I actually I do agree with you because there are some players that definitely pique the interest on match day one but it is a fixture that you look at and go it's kind of unpredictable for a match day two game and so as a fantasy manager to then dip into that market for your team is definitely a bit of a risky strategy but let's uh, can we talk about long term as well because it's worth to, you know we've talked about long term with all the other teams so someone like Gruitch for Hertha Berlin are you looking at him as potentially being
1: ready for a big fantasy season can he be more consistent he probably can but with him- him is a bit like with Kostic. He's priced at 11 million. I think that's a fair price tag for a player like Marko Grujic. But I think I'd rather go cheaper or more expensive on that part. I don't think he has the potential to be one of the top 10 fantasy assets in midfield and that's what i'm looking for if i'm paying double digit millions
0: that's fair okay let's talk about a budget option on the other side felix klaus started against Köln. you know i think it was what so he's, he'll be just over 7 million now coming into this weekend
1: is he someone that people should consider people maybe but i won't because i personally like I've, I, i'm always amazed uh, that felix klaus for some reason is starting in the bundesliga <laughs> I, it's like i'm i'm not convinced <laughs> uh, of his qualities, and that's always factoring in when I make my my squad because i like my favorite players to bring in are players I like in a fantasy sense and in a real football sense, and I just dislike Felix Klaus in a real football sense, and that 's why he's not as high on my list as he probably should be uh, with the way Augsburg is using him and I just always i 'm always thinking. He has to be replaced, hasn't he? I mean, they can't honestly think that he's the best option they got. But maybe uh, Glasner thinks he's the best option. So, yeah,
0: well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. We all have those players where we wonder. I mean, Dennis Diekmeyer was one for a very long time for me. I wondered how he was actually a Bundesliga professional. But yeah, it's interesting because yeah, in a fancy sense, he's got a good price tag. He has. He (laughs) has. I can yeah. understand why you're not convinced. I can I can understand why you're not convinced, though, Flow. So, in terms of players that you would pick from this fixture, who would
1: you throw out there as suggestions? Uh, I would feel quite comfortable with Lucas Klünter, actually for six point nine million. Had a great great uh, game at Munich. Basically, had the number of Kingsley Coman all evening. Uh, six point nine million. Uh, he's a budget option. Uh, in defense. I think he's he has his place locked down now and he would be a player I would feel comfortable for the foreseeable future. Cuz in the preseason he was very much involved also in the attacking game and that's what I want to see from a defender. Couldn't show that part of his uh, game at the first match at Munich, but that's understandable. Managed to did pick up 6 points and I expect more from him against Wolfsburg. And from the Wolfsburg side? The player who piqued my interest the most is uh, actually Sava Schlager because he did pick up 14 points and I think that was without being involved in the game. Let me check that. No, he actually gave an assist but he also had two or more shots on goal and two or more passes to a shot, and he won more than ten challenges. So uh, he's a jack of all trades in a, in a fantasy sense, or at least that's what he uh, did display on the first match day. With 10.3, he's uh, a bit cheaper than, uh, as the likes of Grujic, and I think he will have more regular attacking returns. So uh, he's a player I'm definitely keeping my eye on. I think he can be a very consistent fantasy performer.
0: Yeah, Interesting. He was one that I had on my radar before the start of the season. And I was wondering whether he would make a breakthrough into the starting lineup soon or whether it would take time with him. It looks like it's happened sooner than I anticipated. So yeah, one to keep an eye on. Okay, let's round out the show with our three categories that we go to on a weekly basis. Vegas Choice, Super, Sinepchen and The Banker. We'll start
1: with Vegas Choice. Flo, who are you going for this week? Uh, I'm going with Ruben Vargas. I mean, the name does sound like Vegas uh, itself. and uh, He's a midfielder. Um, I was pretty high on going into the season just because of his playing style. And I think we might see a glimpse of his qualities for the first time uh, against Union Berlin. 7.8 million. And I think if Augsburg can pile the pressure on Union... Uh, He has the potential to have a big fantasy outing
0: yeah you know what i agree so much that i've gone with an augsburg player for my vegas choice as well a little more risky because he wasn't in the starting lineup last weekend against dortmund but i'm going for marco richter because i think we all saw what he was capable of at the end of last season and during the under 21 european championships in the summer and if he does get his first start of the season i can imagine him having a big impact against union he is 10 million and a striker so yeah uh, one to consider how about your super Schnepian flow who you busting your budget
1: with yeah t- i talked about him at length uh, that's lashlo bennis 3.1 million uh, for machine lab they're playing at mines there are not many midfielders around that price tag who actually get playing time and he's one with the potential to be a good fantasy asset i don't i don't think a prime but if you spend three million doesn't have to be a prime asset so uh, bennis would be my schnäppchen to go with and I actually think even if Kramer will get back into the squad Kramer or Strobel because Zakaria played as the number six for Gladbach uh, because of the injury of Kramer and Strobel he probably keep his place because I can't see Breland Bolo playing as the number 10 in many more games actually.
0: Yeah, no, that I think is a is a very good way to look at things. And yeah, I really wish I'd gone for Benesh over Cuisance last weekend. Um, I took the risk and it did not pay off. Uh, and he's definitely one of those players that I need to get out of my squad. And in that sense, I can tell you that the player I'm most likely to replace Cuisance with in my squad right now is my super Schnepchen, which is Kanan Karaman. I think we've talked about him enough in the show, but his attacking returns and his potential attacking returns going on this season, uh, I think he could be a great option as a midfielder at 6
1: Million. How about your banker then, Flo? I'm going with Kevin Folland. So, I mean, Paco Alcasa did get all the limelight, basically, on the first match day. He did score twice. That's nice. Did pick up 21 points. But Kevin Folland, on the on the other hand, he did pick up 19 points uh, against Paderborn and that was with him just scoring once, but he also gave an assist and that's part of his game. He did pick up points for shots on goal and passes to a shot and winning challenges. So uh, I think Kevin Folland is one of the safest options there. He's cemented in the starting lineup. He's not likely to come off the pitch. And that's the problem I have with a player like Paco Alcasa. Although I think it's a very tight race between these two guys for me. But Kevin Folland is a player I actually very like. Yeah I think this could be one of his
0: best seasons based on what we saw on match day one uh, Kevin Follin but yeah I have gone for the the counter argument to your Kevin Follin argument which is Paco Alcasa and we were talking about it before the show started but with Milot Rashica getting injured and I'm sure there will be some managers out there that had him for match day one then they'll be looking for replacements and both of us when it came to the debate of strikers you could also bring it in with you know if you don't want to go Lewandowski or you want to change that route who can you go with then both Paco Alcasa Casa and Kevin Folland are two great options up front that actually for strikers aren't too pricey, strangely enough. Now, with Paco, I think the big advantage you get with him this weekend over Kevin Folanders of course you will know that he's going to be in the starting lineup let's be honest they're pretty much both guaranteed but on Friday night you can get yourself off to a good start you can make him your star man and that may kick things off right and it may mean that you don't need to change your star man up front for the rest of the weekend so yeah i've thrown out Paco Alcasa but really uh, between him and Folland you're you know you're picking between two great strikers and i don't think you can really go wrong with either but right uh, i think that brings us to an end of this week's talking Foosball fantasy episode anything to add flo at the end
1: no I'm looking forward to building my team basically from scratch, from (laughs) having a disappointing first match day, but that's a challenge I embrace wholeheartedly.
0: Yeah, I'm completely with you, though. Admittedly, you have a little more form when it comes to
1: getting these things right going forward. I think we have to at least say something about goalkeepers, uh, because Milan uh, (laughs) (laughs) sent me a message uh, via Twitter, because he went for Hoot. Like myself, he did pack minus two points. And now everyone who wants to sell Hoot and then buy Zach Steffen, because he had an outstanding showing, next week it can be the other way around. I think goalkeeper, for me, is too unpredictable, at least now at the start of the season, where we're not sure what uh, every team, like who's a team gets the most shots at goal, uh, like last season with Michael Esser. So he was able to save a lot of shots. And it might be that Yannick has a, a big game in a foreseeable future. I'm not changing up anything at the goalkeepers right now. Uh, although I think already after match day one, there's a lot more value in the game, perceivedly, uh, as before, because uh, we have some good, good budget options. That we weren't sure of before match day one. So if you want to go to go, goalkeepers, I think in the near future, you uh, probably uh, are able to do it and still have a strong squad. Uh, but for now, I'm sticking with Yannick Hoot and uh, hope that the dice falls right next match day for me. Yeah, that would
0: be nice. I'm in, the, I'm in exactly the same camp. And you're right, it was probably worth mentioning goalkeeping strategies because I I'd tell you the... the thought process that I kind of came to by the end and this is why I got rid of Stefan and brought in Hoot because I thought goalkeepers just aren't enough of a differential on a consistent basis for me to actually really worry about them too much so I thought fine okay I'm saving money I'm only spending five million on my two goalkeepers with Hoot and Tobias Zippel and I'd rather focus my attention on picking up points elsewhere admittedly if who continues this type of form and doesn't pick up and doesn't do what Essa did and have some games where he picks up positive points despite defeat then I will have to rethink that but for now I'm with you Flo I'm not I'm going to stick rather than twist on that one absolutely yeah Okay, so we did. We kind of got a listener question in there at the end, but the fact that we've gone this long, this is why we didn't do listener questions at the start of the show. But that will bring us to an end of this episode. Uh, don't forget to follow us at Talking Foosball on Twitter. Give us a like on Facebook, and if you haven't yet joined the Talking Foosball Fantasy League, for now from me, your host James Thurgood, Flo, and the rest of the Talking Foosball crew, Alfie Dehne, Alfie Dan.